Well, good morning, everyone. Again, I want to say welcome to Resurrection Sunday. This is a big day for us. It truly is. We remember today the power and the faithfulness of God to raise his son from the dead. And that truth is transformative. I hope that today you don't just show up and go, okay, I'm going to go to church, but I, I need to get home and get the ham out of the oven or whatever, or I just want to get down to the gym, get my free family photo and get out of here. I hope that you would see that today the truth that we're going to look at, it is transformative for you. And I hope that you come with open hands, with open heart, with an open mind of the transformation that God could have for you. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Go ahead, grab your Bible, pull it up on the tablet there or the Bible sitting in front of you. Matthew chapter 7, page 812, if you want to use this Bible sitting in front of you. Today I want to share some words of Jesus that will give us strength. Give us direction for life. While you're turning there, I've just got to mention this. Have you also noticed that today is April 1st? It's April Fool's Day, right? All right? Uh, you know, I, I, we even watched a little bit of TV this morning, and, and people are talking about Easter, but they're not talking about this also being April Fool's Day. It is. And uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of like this day. Now, Easter every year falls on a different day, and it has to do with full moons and things like this. But the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead after being crucified and buried as a dead man, it's not a trick. It's not a prank. It is truth. And I want to show you this, but I couldn't help but thinking, I, I like April Fool's Day. I like a good prank. Anybody else in here with me? All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, I like pulling some pranks. Because I do, I I, uh, I also get my share of pranks. People know that I like giving a good one, but I think because of that, it makes me a target for some. So I started thinking about that this last week and how my friends' family have tricked me. I've come home certain times back to the office, and I get on the computer, and all of a sudden my computer doesn't work. I'm like, are you kidding me? It broke today. I need it to work. And I start fiddling around, and then I look at the mouse, and, and I'm like, yeah, they were there. They were putting a piece of paper into that, and they're outside the door just laughing how long it would take me to figure that out. And, uh, you know, that, that's happened to me before. I've even seen, I have this favorite pencil of mine, and sometimes I will see on Facebook or something a ransom note for my pencil. Seriously, I saw this one day. I need to get home. And I'm like, no, 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 that ain't funny. You can mess with my family. Just don't mess with my pencil. And uh, my friends and family know that uh, because I like to give pranks, I was also get them. I just think I like maybe this day a little too much, uh, this idea of pranking too. Tuesday night, um, I was driving in my car, I was in a parking lot, and I saw someone from our church. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. And so I was just acting, driving nice and slowly, but I was acting like I didn't see this person, and I just started driving toward her, all right? And, and all of a sudden, I got the intended result. She didn't expect a car to be driving at her, and she kind of jumps, and whoa! And then she sees it's me, you know, and her heart was racing. I'm like, yes, I got her. It wasn't long after, as I'm driving, 
I'm coming up to a stoplight and I hear this terrible honking noise. And I start freaky, freaking out like, is someone dying? Is someone getting, should I go? What do I do? And I look in my rearview mirror. Who was it? The exact same person I had pranked just moments ago. And I'm like, oh, man. I love giving a good one. I don't know that I like getting one back. Even this week I thought, what are some good April fool's jokes that I could play on my family or my friends? And they said, if you have a toy snake, go ahead and just place it somewhere, you know, in, in the in between some lettuce or something. I mean, I could see my wife. She's not here for a service, so I can say this one. But, you know, I just love stuff like that. Or then I saw this one. They said, take the mac and cheese mix, put it in water, and then put it in the refrigerator as orange juice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, as I was planning all this, then I thought, oh, man, we've got all the kids with us this morning. Okay, and so maybe this is dangerous to have with kids in the room. But then, and, and I've seen this one done before, an Oreo cookie. Just take out the frosting and put toothpaste. All right. I thought I will never eat another Oreo cookie again without smelling it first. All right. But I thought, mm, man, I, I love a good joke. I love a good prank. Sadly, I enjoy having fun at your expense, others' expense. I was thinking, man, it's part of my bad character or something. I don't know. But I hate it when the script is flipped. I hate it when I get fooled. And so I thought, you know, it's fun to be pranked, or it's fun to prank, but I ain't nobody's fool. And I want to talk about this today. I ain't nobody's fool, and it's not good to be fooled. It doesn't feel good to be fooled. We like to do the pranking, but we don't always like to be fooled. So could you imagine on a Sunday morning when you had seen or heard that Jesus, the great teacher, the man from God, who for the past three years has been performing miracles, he's been teaching with great authority, he's crucified on a Friday and people see this, and they see that he's tortured by the Romans. They see that he died. They see that he's buried. And then word starts to spread on a Sunday morning. Jesus is alive. I, I mean, he had said that, but some people are like, no, 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 no. i got to see this to believe this. I ain't nobody's fool. So we read that Peter and John had a race to the tomb. They wanted to see. They're like, could this truly be, or is somebody playing a prank on us? says that Thomas said, you know what, you all say this, and I missed out on this. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. I ain't nobody's fool, is what Thomas was saying. And as crazy as this story sounds, that Jesus was raised to life, is true. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was raised to life. He was raised to eternal life, just as he had promised. Over a period of 40 days, more than 500 people see him raised to life. Not just a shadow of him, but actually see him. It's not a joke. It's not a prank. Now, there have been those who have believed over the last 2,000 years. There are those who have believed. Some of them are in this room. We have believed and said, you know what? We, we believe that Jesus is alive even today. We'll call this person a wise person. There are those who have disregarded this truth. 
And let's just be honest, all of us in this room at one time or another have disregarded this truth. We'll put ourselves in the foolish category. What I want to talk about today is it's not good to live as fools. We don't like to do that, and it is not good for us. And if we would live as wise people, we will live victorious lives. Matthew chapter 7. Follow along as I read some of these verses, starting at verse 24. Ready? Follow along. Jesus says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine, he had just spoken, it's recorded in chapters 5, 6, and 7. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And then the rain fell, and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let's just stop there and look at this for a moment two types of people that Jesus is describing here, the wise and the fools. But it's even bigger than two types of people. I want you to write down a couple thoughts this morning. There's actually one who wants you and I to be fooled. He wants you and I to be fooled throughout all of life. There's one who wants to keep you and me in the dark. Would you write this down? There is one who wants to keep us in the dark, to keep us blind, to keep our hearts closed. This is why I ask this morning that you would allow God to open your hearts. There's one who wants you to keep your heart closed and bitter and angry. You see, more than a simple prank to fool you, we're told in the Bible that the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. Every good thing in your life he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. This is more than a prank. He's your mortal, eternal enemy. He wants you to be fooled. He and his army of fallen angels and the powers of this world, they want to keep us fooled. They want this all the way to our ultimate destruction. Write this down, if you would, that he will accuse and tempt me got to just understand this one who would want us to be fooled. He wants to accuse and tempt you. He wants to remind you of your past. He wants to say, you are such a loser. God could never forgive that. He wants you to think so bad of yourself that you would say, there's no hope for me. He wants to accuse you and just remind you how miserable you are, how much you have sinned, how many times you have failed. He wants to tempt you because he wants to blind you. He wants you to be fooled, not just a prank. He wants to destroy you, every single one of you, and me. This is what he wants. He wants this to the point that every single one of our eternal souls are damned. That's what the enemy would want. And frankly, we were all born with this spiritual blindness, this foolishness. We were all born with this sin. But not only were we born with this, and Jesus came to save us from that, but let's just be honest that we've all acted in blindness and foolishness throughout our life. 
In fact, some of you have kids with you today. It would be important that you share with your kids at the appropriate time at their age levels, but that you would share with them that you were blinded, that you were foolish, that you've made some mistakes. We show up to church sometimes and we dress up and put on a pretty face and all of this, but it'd be good for us to take off that mask and say, listen, I've lived much of my life in blindness, in foolishness. Jesus had to come to save me. But you and I, we come to church sometimes and it's like, man, I'm good, you good, I'm good. The problem is we have this enemy who wants to accuse and tempt us and blind us. That's not the end of the story though, but... There is one who wants you and me to be in the light. Write this down. There is one who wants you and me to be in the light. God himself, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he wants you and me to be wise. He wants you and me to live in wisdom. He wants us to be in light. Friday night, if you were here with us, we had this room dark. The lights were off. The shutters were shut. This room was completely dark which would symbolize the death of Jesus. But this morning, oh, the lights are on, the shutters are open, there is light, and there is one who wants to bring light into your life. Oh, the enemy says, no, 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 stay in darkness. You you haven't been to church in so long. You're a miserable person. I can't believe you did that this week. But no, there's one who wants you to be in the light. And he's the one who wants your good. He's the one who actually conquered death for you. That's what we celebrate this morning, that there's one who actually conquered death for you. And he's the one who says, I want you to be in the light. I don't want you to live as a fool. I don't want you to live in darkness. This is what we're celebrating today. Let me take a few minutes and just consider with you what a fool is. A fool. Psalm 14, 1. There's a short verse that says, The fool says there is no God. There is no God. I was looking at that, and I don't think King David, when he wrote this, was necessarily saying there's this group called atheists. But I think he's saying there are people that would say things like this, I don't answer to God. Or would say things like this, I don't need God. Here's what a fool is. One who says there is no God really saying, I just don't answer to him. I don't need him. I'm fine on my own. Today as we consider the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it's a good time to consider what God is doing, who God is. The one that came to rescue me because I needed that. The one who came to save me from my sins because I needed that. The one to empower me to live with this resurrected life because I needed that. We do answer to him. He's your maker. You do answer to him. I want you to know that today. You do answer to this God. And you do need this God. Our eternal enemy wants you to think differently. He wants you to think that if you're good enough, you'll be okay. That if you stand before God, and he'll put it as an if, that you've probably been okay. But he wants to fool you. He wants to keep you in the dark. He wants you to think that you don't need God. 
Imagine if your eight-year-old kid came up to you and said, Mom, Dad, um, <clears throat> I just want you to know today that uh, you can't tell me what to do. I just don't answer to you anymore. An eight-year-old kid. Could you imagine if an eight-year-old kid came to you and said, Mom, Dad, I just don't think I need to answer to you anymore. We would what? We'd laugh. We'd laugh. Might freak out too, but we'd laugh and go, Come on, kid. Of course you answer to me. We created you. You've even said this. We brought you into this world and we can take you out of it, right? I mean, you do answer to me. Imagine if your eight-year-old kid said, uh, Mom and Dad, I just want you to know, um, I don't think I need you anymore. I'm pretty good. I'm on my own. You'd laugh. You'd say, come on. It was just a few years ago. You couldn't even wipe yourself. We had to do that for you. Of course you need us. You and I, when we say, God, you, you, you have no control of my life. I don't answer to you. He, he laughs. God, I don't need you. He goes, no, <laughs> of course you need me. Now, some of you in this room can say, I was foolish at one time. I, I said things like this. Some of you would say, you know what? I, I said to God in one way or another, I don't answer to God. I don't need God. But God has changed your tune, amen? Amen? Some of you just, give me an amen if it's like, yeah. Yeah, I used to be that way, but God has changed my tune. Help me understand that. Can I hear you? Amen. amen. You see, God has the right to guide my life. He has the best in mind for me. I do need Jesus. A fool, though, is one who stubbornly rejects wisdom. When we were kids, we were somewhat foolish. The reality is adult, as adults, we're still somewhat foolish. Now, as I say this, and you're writing this down, a fool is one who stubbornly rejects wisdom. I, I know that it's pretty easy to start thinking of somebody else. Start thinking of, oh, I wish my kids are listening to this. I wish somebody would have been here today to show up. They needed to hear this. They, they're acting like a fool. Before you start thinking of that person, though, would you just understand that you've been there? Would you just say this if you would and say, I've been a fool. Go ahead. Say it like Mr. T. I've been a fool. I pity myself when I've been a fool. The reality is you and I, we've been that. I've been a fool. I've been a fool. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we still go there. Sometimes we still say, God, I've got this one. I looked at my schedule. It's pretty easy. I got this next week. God, I've got a clean bill of health right now. I don't need you for a while. I'll let you know when I need you. Sometimes we're that fool. Sometimes even Christians, we live as practicing atheists. Consider that. Sometimes we live as practicing atheists. It's like, ah, I don't need God. Today I'm fine. I don't need God. Something then comes up in our life and it's all of a sudden, oh, I know I do need him now. But sometimes I think you and I even live this foolish way where we stubbornly reject wisdom and live like a fool. There's a tendency we all have to buy into this life that I don't answer to God, that I don't need God. But here's been my prayer for you. Some of you I know by name and some of you I don't. But I've been praying for you this week that you would humble your health, 
your heart before your maker and your savior, that you would understand your need for him, that you wouldn't play the part of the fool. My prayer has been for you that you wouldn't be the devil's fool anymore. He's He's got you wrapped up. He's got you thinking thoughts that you're too bad, whatever it might be, that you don't need God. My prayer is that you won't be his fool anymore. For a moment, or more tragically, for a lifetime. This is my prayer for you. I hope it's your prayer for you as well. God, I don't want to be the devil's fool. I have believed his lies at times. I I don't want to believe that anymore. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Again, let's look at this. Verse 24. Jesus says, So everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears, he mentions this again, these words of mine. This time he says, and does not do them. Well, this person's like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let me ask you a question to consider this morning. What is my life built upon? What is my life built upon? Write this down and then consider this with me, if you would. What's, what am I building my life upon? What shaky foundation am I building my life upon at times? Reputation? Man, people know me as this. Maybe a relationship. If I just get this relationship right, whoo, they will complete me. What is it? Possessions. If I just get a few more of these things, if I get a few bigger this or that, you know, what are you building your life upon? I'm making some climbs on the corporate ladder. Before long, I'll be set. What are you building your life upon? Frankly, there is a lot of us who go to church and we have for a long time and, and we build our lives on our own self-righteousness. It's like, hey, I'm pretty good been going to church a long time. I'm better than most. It's actually the attitude of a lot of us. We wouldn't want to admit it. There are a lot of shaky foundations to build upon. Another way to ask this is, who am I building my life upon? Who? Could be a what, but ultimately it comes down to a who am I building my life upon? Because the choices are your frail self or the victorious Jesus who rose from the dead. The choices are your foolish self or the all-wise God. The choices are your plan, your way, or God who raised Jesus from the dead. Who will you build your life upon? your finite wisdom, your finite power, your finite strength, or the infinite wisdom and infinite power and infinite strength of God. Who are you building your life upon? So go one more time with me to verse 24. Because I want to show you one other thing in this passage. 
Follow along. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the man who built his house on the rock. Catch this in verse 25. And the rain fell. And the floods came. And the winds blew. And beat on that house. And it did not fall. Underline those words. It did not fall. Because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell. He mentioned that again. And the floods came. And the winds blew, he said again. And beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Write this down if you would. The rain always falls. The rain always falls. The floods always come. I'm not talking about the Willamette Valley here and that we have to cancel baseball games or something like this because the rain comes. I'm talking in a greater way, difficulties, they always come, don't they? Difficulties always come to all people. The rain of life always comes. The wind always blows. You and I always have these difficulties. Just raise your hand with me if recently you've had any health difficulties. All right, yeah. Going to keep coming, just will. Raise your hand if you've had any relational difficulties, any conflicts, and you know, with okay, yeah, yeah, okay, good. Raise your hand if you've had any problems with or concerns about money and financial issues, okay, all right, yeah. These things, the rain will always come, the difficulties will always come, the storms will always come, but catch this that these difficulties test the integrity of the foundation. Write this down if you would. That these difficulties test the integrity of the foundation. And when Jesus says this, he says, there's two types of people and two types of foundations, and the rain is always going to come, my friends. The difficulties will always come. The floods will come. The wind will always blow. But Jesus says only the people who've built their life on the rock, on the person of Jesus Christ, on the work of Jesus Christ, they are the only ones that will stand. The idea is this. Believe in Jesus, the Son of God. Not your own efforts. Believe and build your life on what Jesus says. Not your silly ideas. And the idea is to keep building. Keep building on Jesus. Some of you have like, yeah, I've built on Jesus. Then keep building on Jesus. Don't stop. Keep building on Jesus. And I got to tell you, as I was writing this, I'm like, I need this message as much as anybody. I'm just sitting there listening to this as I'm writing this. I need this message. Scott, you have to build your life on Jesus and keep building. You have never arrived. Keep building. My brothers and sisters, some of you are just starting. Start building on Jesus. But many of you in here just keep building. Keep building on Jesus. You and I have this choice to stubbornly reject wisdom or to humbly accept wisdom in the teaching of Jesus. To build your life on the only firm foundation, Jesus, or to build your life on the faulty foundation that you're working on. Today, when we remember that Jesus rose from the dead shows us that he does what he says. 
He had been preaching. He says, listen, they're going to crucify me, but I'll be raised to life. And the fact that he did shows us that what he says he does. Shows us that he has power over death and he has power over sin. It ha- he has the right now to guide my life and your life. He has everything you need for life and godliness. He does. And we remember today, as Jesus, as we consider Jesus rising from the dead, he's the secure, firm foundation of life. I don't want you to be a fool and leave here today and thinking, I can do this on my own. You can't. If God can raise his son from the dead, he's just showing you this is life. This is the one to believe in. This is the one to build your life upon. There's no greater place to be in life than on the rock of Jesus Christ. To believe in him, to hope in him, to make everything on Jesus. So here's my question for you. Are you on the rock? Are you on the rock? As I was writing this this week, I I just said these words to myself. I was like, I'm on the rock. I'm on the rock. I would hope that you'd be able to say it too. I'm on the rock. Are you on the rock? Just say, I'm on the rock, if you know you're on the rock. That's the place to be. You ain't nobody's fool if you're on the rock of Jesus Christ. Some of you today need a reminder to get back on the rock. Some of you said, you know what, I believed when I was a little kid, or I believed a while back, but... I've kind of been building on something else that's a little shaky. Today, you need to remember that you need to get back on the rock of Jesus Christ. Some of you today, for the very first time, need to get on this rock. You say, man, I've been dancing around the rock. I've been looking at the rock. I've been building on something else, but I know it's shaky. Because when the rain comes, I feel it. It's like sand just going underneath me. And I'm just struggling. Some of you today need to get on the rock for the very first time. To be on this rock of Jesus Christ. Just a minute after I pray, the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And I'm going to ask every single one of you who are on the rock. Maybe you've been on the rock for much of your life. Maybe you've been on the rock for a couple years. Maybe today, for for the first time, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to be on the rock of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you, after I pray and the worship team comes up, I'm going to ask you to come up here and get one of these rocks. I'm going to ask you to come up here just to remember where you are placed that you're nobody's fool, but that you're on the rock of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for the miracle of raising your son from the dead. We would have no hope if he were cruci- Jesus was crucified, and that was the end. But it wasn't the end. And the problems we're going through right now, that's not the end for those who have placed their life on you, Jesus. For those who are building on you. And I know this, that the rain will fall. The wind will come. The floods will come. 
And if we would humble our hearts and choose you and choose wisdom as we build on you, as we look to you, as we learn from you, as we humbly follow you, you will build our lives. You will strengthen us. Heavenly Father, I know that there are people in this room that by your grace have been on the rock, have been building, and I thank you for them. I thank you for the growth that you've been performing in our lives. I know there are people in this room who who feel like, oh, I once was on the rock, but I don't know if I'm there anymore. God, I ask that you speak into their heart to say, no, 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 no. I've got you. Just let's get back on. Build your life on me. Show them that you conquered every sin, that you have forgiven every sin, that you have power to build on their life. Don't let them hear the lie. Let them hear the truth that being built on you is where life is. Heavenly Father, I think of those this morning that they've been checking you out. They've been exploring. They're not sure what else to do. I ask that you help them to see the shaky ground that they're on without you. Help them to see that everything they would build will fall if it's not on you. Today I ask that you help them to simply say, Jesus, I need you. If that's you today, just say that. Say, Jesus, I need you. I want to build my life on you. I confess with my heart that I have sinned against you. I believe that you are the one true foundation. So, Father, I thank you for raising your son from the dead, showing us that this is life. And as we come up and grab a rock, as we come up today, we just want to say, we're on the rock. By your grace, we're on the rock. By your victory, we're on the rock. My commitment is to stay on this rock for your glory, for the sake of others. And we rejoice that we can be people who have placed our faith in you, on you, on this rock. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.